Mr. Ford, Ferrari has a message for you, sir. What did he say? He said Ford makes ugly little cars in ugly factories. And, uh, he called you fat, sir. We're gonna bury Ferrari at Le Mans. So the great Carol Shelby is gonna build a car to beat Ferrari with a Ford. Correct. And how long did you tell them you needed? Two or three hundred years? Ninety days. <laughs> hey, buddy, welcome to the Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we're continuing our Oscars month, uh, still in the 1960s. Uh, today we're going to talk about <laughs> the film enough. that won a bunch of sound awards at the Oscars last month. Yeah. Ford v. Ferrari. Versus. <laughs> Ford v. Ferrari versus Ford, Ford versus Ferrari. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, we're talking about Ford versus Ferrari. Mm-hmm. I still say it's a V. That's that's because, I don't, I don't know, you got caught up on the whole V thing when it came to Batman v. Superman. Because that's what it is. Isn't it just a V? It's just a V. If they wanted to be versus, they should have said versus. Versus. Yeah, but it, that's not what it says. If I'm, it had the S d- period, then it would have been fine, but it just says V. Versus. Okay. <laughs> we're, not, we're, we're not doing this again. We did this last week. We're not doing this again. It's actually going to be the whole episode this week. It's just this conversation. Yes. We're never going to talk about the movie. So when it comes to grammar... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Webster's Dictionary says now. Uh, yeah. oh. This is a film that Ryan had seen that Devin and I had not. Yes. Uh, this is a film you were excited for from the get-go, right? Yeah. No, this was a film that as soon as I found out they were making it, I got real excited for. Because when it comes to... I mean, I'm into sports heavily more than you two guys are, obviously. But when it comes to motorsports, this is on the international stage... Like, the biggest rivalry uh, in history, pretty much, that 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 involves an, 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 uh, uh, an American team or, or, yeah. uh, uh, or a car. And it really changed the face of uh, the uh, Ford. Um, it changed the, the dominance of... Well, it it really took away Ferrari's dominance of international competition, because uh, after the late '60s, Ferrari didn't hold the, um, they didn't win as much after these events. Um, obviously, too, because uh, uh, Enzo died, uh, Enzo Ferrari passed away. Spoilers. So th- the company kind of <laughs> changed hands. And it just, it hasn't really been the same since. I mean, Ferrari still stands for what it stood for back then, which is like victory. And, you know, you see a Ferrari and he's just kind of like, yeah, that's, that's a car. That's a, <laughs> that's a monster. When but, I hear the name Ferrari, I just think of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. There you go. There's a Ferrari in that. Right? That, yeah, that's was a Ferrari. That, was that his dad's car? The yeah. one that they were like freaking out about? Yeah, oh, yeah. I didn't, I never knew what kind of car it was. You're going to find out something it. about me this episode. I don't know cars. So, hold on. This is going to be... <laughs> I don't think I knew cars, but evidently I know more than Devin. Yeah, you know way more than me. Yeah, so... Uh, 
before we get into that, uh, let's get into a little bit about the movie itself. Uh, Ford versus Ferrari is about the uh, fallout from a bad business venture that Ford wanted uh, with uh, with Ferrari. So they decided to beat Ferrari at their own game and build a car to beat Ferrari specifically at Le Mans at the 24-hour race. Um, there's a lot of drama. There's a lot of issues. There are some things that this movie does perfectly well, and then there's other things that this movie did to summarize what actually happened to make it fit within the film, but they did it in a great, great way. Um, and from my point of view as a car person, I don't really think that you need to be a car person to enjoy this film or the message that it has. Um, my experience with the story itself, uh, I was in high school when I first learned about it. And it's always mostly kind of in, uh, intrigued me. But the last couple of years, it's gotten a little bit more since the uh, anniversary of it uh, happened a few years ago in 2016. So there's that. Uh, so what? before we get into the nitty gritty of the film, what, uh, Devin, you already said that your experience with cars is pretty much like nil. I mean, so I had a Junker Toyota Camry as my first car, and I had to fix every part of that car. So, like, I can change the oil, I can rotate tires, I can change out a, a mirror, I can, you know, ro I can rotate tires. Like, I can, I can work on cars. Um, but I don't know, like, oh, that one's definitely a Ferrari, or, like, I'm not one of those people that can, like, see a car and be like, ah, it's a Mazda. Like, I don't know the different brands of cars. I just, like, know how, like, I can work on them if I need to. Yeah. But, like, I don't know a lot about, like, different brands and their histories. And, like, I, I found out that, that Shelby was a real person. I think a Shelby's a car or a kind of car or <laughs> something. Like, I mean, like, it's it's that bad. Like, it's really okay. that bad. Like, well, yeah. we'll get back to that. <laughs> okay, good. Alan, what's your history? I'm kind of the opposite of Devin. Like, I know what kind of car is what. Like, I can see a symbol like, oh, that's Toyota. That's a that's a Mazda. That's a Subaru. I can yeah. see, I can look at, like, the symbols and know what car is what. Yeah. I can't do shit in a car. <laughs> my, <laughs> my first car was a Ford Contour, and it was a piece of shit. I was just pouring quarts of oil into it weekly to make sure it kept running. <laughs> um. But if something goes wrong with my car, I just take it to the garage. Or I call you, Ryan, which yeah. I've had to do before. <laughs> yes. My alternator went on the way to work, and I was like right up the street from Ryan's apartment. It's like, hey, man, uh, I need you to come take a look at this. <laughs> oh, which, man. Which I got completely wrong what the issue was on that. But then again, that thing was making a sound I never heard before Yeah. in a vehicle. So, I mean, <laughs> there's that. It's always um, a good sign. My, my history with... Uh, with cars as it relates to you two guys um, like I didn't really learn how to like work on cars until I got older uh, changing oil changing spark plugs brakes stuff like that until maybe about like 10 or 11 years ago prior prior to that I did what my parents did take it to the dealership or the garage let them deal with it you know yeah. pay the cost and just whatever um, I did that today there, there you go um, but I've always been one of those people that, like, when I'm driving, I can look at my side mirror, and if there's four cars behind me, within two seconds, I know what make and model <laughs> of what they are, wow. just by, like, shapes of headlights and taillights and stuff like that. Um, 
And to be honest, if somebody in my family would have been a mechanic, that's probably where I would have gone. It's just nobody in my family was. So like my dad would change the oil of his car, but anything more than that, and it, and it went straight to, 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 to the garage. So mm-hmm. I didn't have anybody in my family that I could like latch onto and learn that, even though I was always interested in it. So, but anyway, so we have our background on that. Yes. Uh, what did you guys know about this story beforehand, if anything? I thought it was a court battle. I, you know, I thought you were joking on that comment no, last time we were talking. No, I, I only knew about it from the trailers. Like anything okay. they showed in the trailers is all I knew. Like Ford wanted to beat Ferrari at this race. Yeah. I didn't know it was a 24 hour race. I, <laughs> uh, that's about all I knew. Like whatever they showed in the trailers was the first I heard of this story. Okay. And I knew exactly that, the same for me. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, the, the story itself when it came to the characters uh, who did you guys kind of let, latch on to the most because all these people definitely are shelby people shelby yeah 100 percent. yeah i i want to say christian bale okay um i don't know why but <laughs> like, it took me a while with christian bale in this i actually didn't like him for a lot of it i think I identified with Shelby because he's kind of stuck in a hard place. Like he's trying to do right by Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. He's also being pressured by the Ford corporation to do things their way. Yeah. So he's kind of just the middleman. And I, I felt for him there, but like Christian Bale's doing the work. Like he's, he's out there driving the car. Yeah. Figuring out what's wrong, handling the everything. Um, like trying to get everything in order. Yeah. With his life. So <laughs> Yeah, and and that's definitely a story behind that yeah. one. Devin, you said that you took you a while to get behind the Ken Miles character. Yes. Um and I didn't like his introduction where he was fixing the car and he was you know, so he was just talking to the person about how like, oh, you have a sports car, you need to drive it harder. And then he was like, Well, I think your kind of car is probably gonna be I know it's not his accent, by the way, but uh, is probably gonna be a, I don't know, a Chevrolet or like he like mentioned like two like car brands that I'm assuming are like family cars, Plymouth and Studebaker, and, like, yeah, yeah, and I I don't know I didn't even know Studebaker was a car by the way <laughs> like so here's here's where we're at, but I'm assuming it was an insult, but I was like I don't none of this tracks I don't know why he's so mad, you're going to go drive off in a station wagon, I don't know why you insulted him like that. And then, like, the next part of it was him, like, yelling at a guy because he didn't pass regulation. And he was like, is this what you thought you'd be when you grow up? Passing regulations? And I'm like, oh, that one hit close to me because I didn't know this is what I'd do when I grow up. So, like, like two of his first <laughs> insults, like, just hit me, like, exactly the wrong way. And, like, I think it took me a little while to recover from that. Okay. See, I, I feel like it... I feel like Devin and I are just on opposite ends of this movie because those (laughs) two interactions made me click with him because I've dealt with stupid people in retail before. Yeah. Like not doing their, using their things correctly. Like this is the problem. It's not the thing. It's you. Yeah. And like, I have anger issues. Like I would have probably flipped out on that guy too. Mm -hmm. Uh, The guy who's right. Like, getting him on a technicality about the yeah. trunk space. Like I would, if that was me, I totally would have taken the hammer to the trunk and gotten it to fit. Yeah. 
oh my god, I totally would have been the guy with the clipboard, though. Like, in that situation, like, excuse me, your trunk's a little bit... Like, I would... I related to him so hard in that scene. <laughs> okay, so the thing with Ken Miles is that he, in reality, um, he was... He said, uh, he said what he thought. He had a temper on him, but it's because he knew what... Like, he knew his craft. He knew cars. He knew yeah. how they were supposed to be driven. He knew how they were supposed to be made. He was an engineer. Um, he was a designer. And he was a driver. And he was one hell of one. Um, but that, I mean, that is concentrated him and what his personality was. Uh, the, the thing with uh, Devin, the, the thing with him saying that, like, your car is more of, like, a Studebaker or a Plymouth. Yeah. Um, that's more to the fact of like when you buy a sports car like let's say you go mm -hmm. out and i know this isn't going to mean a thing to you but let's say you go out and you buy a mercedes but not just any mercedes sure. you buy an amg mercedes or the yeah amg sounds uh, fancy somebody's probably gonna yell at me because i probably got that wrong but basically a mig you go out and you get a mig um uh -huh. you're supposed to put the highest octane of gas you can in those things because if you don't mm -hmm. the engines don't work the way they're supposed to and it can break down if you don't drive those things the way you're supposed to they can break down and that's pretty much what he was telling that guy because he was driving his mg which is a british roadster car brand and he was driving it like he would a school bus like he's driving it the way you would a sedan and you're not supposed to. You're supposed to change at a higher rev so that the engine stays clean. And that's what he was trying to tell him. Um, was Got he it. being a bit insulting? Yes. Was the customer a complete moron? Yes. Sure. <laughs> so th that's where that whole thing comes from. And the thing with the carry-all, or the, he calls a carry-all, um, and, and the trunk... Uh, that's just one of those things where even as me, like, I don't really watch a lot of racing, mainly because the type of racing I like, they don't really show in the U.S. Um, it, 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 why judge a car on trunk space when at no point in the race are they stopping and unloading and loading the car? <laughs> so, I mean, so, the thing I mean, is, I both totally of those scenes are... Right, and like both of those scenes are so effective in doing what they're supposed to do. Like, scene one shows that he really cares about cars and knows what he's talking about with them, yeah. and scene two is is us saying that like he's got a higher view on this. He's not concerned with the nitty gritty. He's concerned in what's the what's the overarching view of what's really going on here. And both of those pay off in big ways later in the movie. So like, while I appreciate what the scenes do, I was like, mm, not my character. Sorry, <laughs> bring Matt Damon back. Yeah, and then they do right away. Like, like if he doesn't get angry at the clipboard guy, you don't get that interaction <laughs> with that first interaction with Matt Damon and the wrench. Oh yeah, which is great. I love that. Oh yeah, and uh, and uh, and Carol Shelby did have a wrench uh, in a frame in his office, and it is in oh, a wow. picture of one of his offices. And I'm not sure if that's the actual backstory behind it, but I'm pretty sure the writers had fun with it, and I'm thinking that's. Uh, that's where the idea of having the wrench being framed came from, because that was hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. So, uh, what, uh, what, what, what made you like Shelby? Like, uh, Matt Damon's character. You can tell Ryan really, really liked the movie I... when he knows the characters' names. 
These are historical figures. It makes it easier for me. Well, I have a feeling that Ryan also really knows about the real people, too. Ryan, how many, times, think... how many times have you watched this movie in the last month? Well, I saw it four times the day I bought the Blu-ray, and then I've seen it twice since then. And the that's day... not including when I saw it with you. Damn. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm impressed. I've also watched uh, the documentary uh, The 24-Hour War on Netflix twice, which is a- about this, and that's the actual historical account of what happened. Okay. It's really At good. the race. Not just the race, the whole thing. From oh, wow. They go over uh, Enzo Ferrari's back history. They go over Shelby's back history. They go over Ford's back history, what happened in World War II. Um, oh, wow. The, how, uh, how, 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 uh, how the actual business deal went down, how many times they actually raced. It, it's, I'm not going to go into the whole thing because it'll take the, an hour. So. Anyway. <laughs> well, I think that's good, though, because I did have some questions about what parts of this were truncated for the movie and what parts of it were like real life. So, I mean, I want to get to some of that later, but I mean, to your question of what I liked about Shelby, I just liked, I think I liked his, his, like him as a character. I think that they show him as very relatable. He's somebody that still wants to be in the the racing world, even though it will literally kill him to do it. Mm -hmm. So he's in it the best way he knows how he can identify somebody who's going to get the job done. Isn't necessarily a yes man. And is able to walk that line between, like, look, man, this is what corporate's telling us and we got to do it. And, like, hey, I have principles and I'm going to stand up for them. And I liked that a lot. Yeah. And you said you like Shelby, too. Yeah. Yeah. Was it kind of the same points as... Yeah, we agree on that that stuff. <laughs> uh, I think I just like Matt Damon. Yeah. Like, Matt Damon in anything, yeah. I'll watch. Yeah. Christian Bale in anything, I'll watch. You put the two of them together, I'll watch it. Yeah. Um, yeah. see, see me my favorite character in this whole thing and i know that i messaged you guys about the the guy who uh the, uh, the guy who plays punisher john yeah Marenthal. yeah him yeah. um even though like i love his performance in this my favorite character in this entire film is ken miles's wife oh my gosh i was gonna bring her up she's so freaking good i had some issues with her stuff um oh tell me because i really like her she had that really good scene when they're driving, and yeah. she's just driving yes. like crazy. But the rest of the time, it kind of felt like two dimensional. Well, she's there as in like his balancing point because he's such a hothead, and to have her there because I mean, like he's going nuts working on the cars in the garage, yeah. and he's listening to the race, and he's thinking, and he's pausing, and. Just to show how good of a car guy he is, listening to a radio, he can tell what's possibly going wrong with the cars. And she comes in and just brings him from like mentally till from, you know, like an 11 down to like a two. And just her presence and what she does in that scene and how she does it is amazing to me. Um, I also really like the scene when they're fighting. And she brings out the lawn chair and just flicks it open and sits down. <laughs> See, that made me that made me roll my eyes. I wasn't, oh, really? wasn't a huge fan of that. Was the fight scene or her reaction? Her react, like her just getting out the lawn chair. <laughs> Not, I, it just didn't work for me as well as I okay. think it was meant to. She was fine. Yeah, I, I think it's important to show that balancing point, like you were saying. Yeah, but I think it, the they focus more on the relationship between him and his son. Oh yeah, and even that. Yeah. I felt was lacking in spots. Like, I feel like they, fo- they tried to do both mm-hmm. and 
the one suffered because of the other. Which, you know, there uh, there was a decent amount of stuff that was cut from this film. I'm sure. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of it had to do with uh, is with the family getting there. Like, yeah. uh, 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 coming together from this. So, we got down who, like, our favorite characters for mm-hmm. the film. Did any of you guys have any cars that caught your eye? That didn't have to be either one like was there a car that even like you saw for a split second you were like ooh, like i, I want to see more of that one or was there any car that caught your eye i liked henry ford's the the seconds helicopter <laughs> that's fine because be, because it looked like the back copter from the original batman god TV damn show. you know me so well uh oh, yeah, i like that, that no i no there weren't really any cars that stuck out to me that's fine there was a car during the race, and I don't know what it was, and it was on screen for almost half a second, and it looked a little bit like the Ferrari car, like the 21 that he was like racing the whole time, but it looked like it had a fishbowl on top, like more of a fishbowl than like the Ferrari one, and it reminded me so much of, I don't know if you guys know this, the, the wacky racers or like the toon racers that used to be on TV, like the cartoon Yeah, you know I'm talking about. It, it reminded me of that, and I don't know if I got like a backstory on the car at all, but I was like what was that? Like as soon as it came on screen and then it was gone. And I was like, no, 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 that's the car I want to find out about. But in the, uh, in the mid to late sixties and in, mm-hmm. and into the seventies, these were the car makes that, that those wacky cartoon like race cars were based off. Yeah. of. So if you're seeing similarities between like cartoon, like race cars from like, like goofy stuff, yeah, you'll see similarities if you ever decide to look up what race cars looked like in the early '70s. You're definitely going to see like uh, com- uh, c- c- comparisons. I mean, yeah, th- th- there's a reason why the Mach Five looks looks like a convertible GT40. Like th- there's yeah. a reason for that, and it's the late '60s. So <laughs> that totally tracks, though. That makes so much sense. <laughs> well. What was your favorite car in this, though? Because you know cars. Like, I, I feel like you had a field day with this movie. Oh, I did. Um, first <laughs> off, I love the Cobra. I love the Cobra. But my favorite car in this is the Cobra Daytona, which uh, it's going to be hard for me to kind of describe to you guys. But when they're in the shop, you know how there was that wooden frame of a car off to yeah. the side? That's yeah. the body shape for the Daytona. If you watch this movie again, you'll see one or two driving around on the tracks and you'll see them in the garage. Devin, are you looking it up? Your screen just I am looking bright. it up. Okay. Yep. Cobra Daytona. Oh, that's a really it's a really pretty car. It's a really pretty car and that car was developed before the GT40. That was oh. that was uh see the original Cobra, the one that Matt Damon drives, the the the, the blue one. That was good Re- for racing yeah. up uh as up to a point, but it couldn't go back but it couldn't go faster than 150 miles an hour. Yeah. So they needed a car to be able to race in the GT class, which is what the GT40 and the Ferraris drove in. So he developed a car that could break that 150, like uh, 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 a speed, uh, a speed limit. And its okay. first test drive mm-hmm. did like 170, I think. And, wow. and the thing was built in 90 days from, from like, from blueprint to actual driven car. Okay, here's a question for you because I don't know anything about cars. Like we've already established. <laughs> what does the GT stand for? Grand Touring. Grand Touring. Oh. Grand Touring. Okay. As in the show Grand Tour. 
Yeah. Whenever, when, I know that. Yeah, there you go. Whenever, <laughs> whatever you see, as far as I'm aware, whenever you see the GT, whether it be from Pontiac or Chevy or Ford or Ferrari or Maserati, anything, it stands for Grand Touring because it's a certain type of vehicle. It means okay. that it has, it's got, it, it, it's mainly for, uh, it, 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 it's sporty. And that's yeah. where that comes from. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, yeah, so there's that, but yeah, no, mine's that, uh, that's mine. And then I, I could go on about like my like top five list. Cause they have all of the different years of Corvettes in there. They've got all the Ferraris. They've got Porsche. You've got that red Porsche that, uh, was it Matt Damon gets in for, 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 from the doctor's office. That's a Porsche that he gets into oh, wow. from, from like the late fifties, early sixties. Those things are beautiful. And then he almost causes like 10 car accidents right then and there. Okay, so Matt Damon, he likes cars, but he's in no way like an actual like, you know, like driver per se for like stuff like that. And uh, the two scenes where they show him pull out and like drift the vehicle, um, that was an accident. He didn't mean to drift both vehicles and he didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Just because those cars are so powerful and they're so light. It's so easy to take the tail out. He doesn't, and... know, he doesn't know how to drive the car, but he knows how to park the car in Harvard Yard. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my horrible accent for today. Um, All right, got it. So I, I have some notes. My first note is that Christian Bale drives more in the first act of this movie than he ever did when he was Batman. Yes, he does. <laughs> A good and, note. And, and he and even though, like half half the scenes that they show him driving, he's in one of those gimbal cars, one of those yeah. like special like gimbal things. On the ones where you can tell that he's actually driving, driving, like there there are times when they were filming this movie where he was going 120 miles an hour because he went to a driving school. Yeah. Wow. And so I mean, like he actually got a feel for it, and I mean. I commend him for that because I mean he's driving in like kick cars and and reproductions of of uh, of vehicles that if you roll one of those things like fifty percent of the time you're dead like yeah. if you roll a Cobra like you're you're no <laughs> I mean not not not, not to jump times. ahead at all but like that's what happened to him in the end right like that's hmm. That's how the movie. That's how the movie ends, right? As he rolls the yes. car. Yes, and he will. Okay, so that car, and since, yeah. since, 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 since we're going over that one specific, now I'll go over that now, so we don't go yeah. over it again. Um, yeah, that was the next generation of of the, the GT40 after the 1966 win. Oh um, wow! That happened in August. Le Mans is ra- is raced in June. So that's wow. how quickly he died after the actual guy. That's how quickly he died after what happened at Lamal. Um Brakes on any GT from 1966 to 1969, which was the last year that they won, um, brakes were always an issue. Breaking that vehicle was mm. always an issue. And that's what happened to, to him. And the way they show it in the film is kind of different than how it happened in real life. Uh, at... Uh, at that racetrack, which is the same racetrack that they started the movie at, um, uh-huh. there's actually like a little cliff, and he went over the cliff. Mm. He didn't just go no. off the road and like tumble into like a fireball. Like he went off a cliff, a I small think, one, but still a cliff. I think that has to do with the whole conversation the kid has with um, Mustache Mustache McGee, Phil, 
Phil. Uh, <laughs> about the whole, you wear the suit, but you just got to get out of the car. And they show they what, yeah. they needed to show him not get out of the car. Yeah. And yeah. that uh, that was actually a thing uh, up until the 70s. Uh, like, when, when they went to Lamal and they show him running across the, the track to get into the cars. Um, in, uh, in, <laughs> in reality, the majority of those racers didn't put on their seatbelts. Yeah. They would put on their seatbelts after the first lap because they didn't want to oh, waste wow. any time. So was it, you have guys driving at 210, 220 miles an hour with no seatbelt. And that was commonplace. Simply, and sometimes with their doors still yeah. open. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, Yeah. Uh, actually, in the uh, in the 1967 Le Mans, um, only one GT made it to the finish line because they they raced six cars, I believe, in 1967, and they were down to their two last, and the one almost lost the hood, like not not the hood, but the roof. So the driver had to slow down, and he had one hand holding the roof on while he pulled the thing into the pits. Damn. So I mean, oh my gosh, yeah, I mean. These guys have balls. Like, <laughs> okay. All right. So let's try so to... I... Oh, go ahead, Devin. Oh, no. I, I wanted to bring up one of my like favorite scenes of the movie, and I wanted to hear if you guys, this was your favorite scene too. Ryan, I doubt it, because it doesn't <laughs> have to do with cars, but it has to do with cars. It's when... And I was trying to look up his name when the guy from Punisher... John, his last name begins with an I, right? I look the, Like the real person. Like yeah. 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 So it was when he was in the pitch meeting and he's like, guys, we need to race. Like, and you can tell he had this like slideshow, like, and you could tell that part of the slideshow is James Bond was this huge sticking point and Ford just goes, Bond is a deviant. And then like, <laughs> he kept showing pictures of Bond and he was like, like, you could tell he's at home and he's like, this is going to get him. Bond is going to get him. And like sailed over all of it. I loved that pitch meeting. It was like... <laughs> I just love like the whole like we make more cars and like how wrong they all are about it and I I don't know that it was so it was so well acted and so well put together I just love that scene I I, I like that scene too uh, probably for the same reasons you're saying like it it I really like John Barenthal in this yeah he doesn't yeah. kill anyone which is weird but I really like him in this <laughs> you guys see what, 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 what I meant by uh by what, what I oh my god I'm stuttering so bad. You guys saw what I meant in the, 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 the group chat then about how much I really liked his performance as a yeah. character. Because he, oh, yeah. he, he knocks that guy right out yeah. of the park. Um, let's talk about some other performances. Yeah. I, I know you're really excited to talk about Cars. We're half I, out. We're I half know. hour into the, sh- I know, into the I know, show. I know. I'm we're gonna try to. We're gonna try to not talk about Cars for a little bit. I'm just gonna answer questions. At this <laughs> no, that's point fine. Forward. Yeah. Um, let's try. Let's try to focus on the movie a bit. So we, yeah. we li- yeah. like that scene. Ryan, what is your favorite scene in this movie? Okay, so my favorite scene is the first race. After the wrench? After the wrench. Okay. Is that first race cuz it's got uh it's got the majority of all my favorite cars in it, but I really like the end of it when Christian Bale's character goes into the uh, uh I'm H A B B Y, I'm H H B B Y. H A P P Y. Yeah, that. Uh thank you. Yeah. I'm a dyslexic, so yeah. thank thank you for fixing that. <laughs> um you, you just didn't want to say P P on the on mic, so it's fine. I got you. Yeah, I get you. it. <laughs> um the that is an actual song that Christian Bale learned as a kid in England. That is a traditional oh. like like kind of like a kindergarten type song that they sing 
Uh, and that wasn't originally in the script. He thought that up while he was in character because he's a method actor. So he thought that up in character and thought that it just made sense. And his son jumping into the car, that was ad-libbed too. Okay. So that... Oh, I, I really like that moment when the son jumps in the car with him yeah. and they're, they're going to... Um... What's it called? Vic, like the the victory lane. Victory yeah, lane. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. It. I really like that moment. So I'm glad you brought up Christian Bale being a method actor because we need to talk. Yeah. Um. Oh no. It, am I the only one surprised that Christian Bale hasn't died of a heart attack yet? <laughs> he did lose oh, sixty man. pounds for this role. Yeah. So the movie the movie he was in before this was Cheney. Yeah. Like he played Dick Cheney and he weighed at least twice what he weighs in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And he's done this a lot, and God bless him for it. But at a certain, that's got to take a toll on your heart. Yeah, like just losing and gaining like that. He's been and he's been doing it for almost twenty years. Yeah, um, and it works out well for his performances. But I pray to God Taika just doesn't make him gain weight for Thor: Love and Thunder. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting the way that. Because he, oh my, I, I can't. The body transformations that he goes through. Yeah, he's amazing. Is ridiculous. I mean, it's amazing, yes, but I mean, it's, it's ridiculous how amazing it is, and the fact that he doesn't mm-hmm. mind doing it. Yeah, it's just. I mean, in, I was looking at pictures of the real guy, and like he got so close to the how the real guy looked. Yeah, and that's how a lot of the drivers were, because they wanted to be as light as possible. And in fact, that character, yeah. the reason why they show him jogging as much, he was really mm-hmm. he was really ahead of the time. Like, he was really into health and fitness and staying thin, because he wanted to be as light as possible, because every pound took away from the power of the car. Yeah. So he wanted to be as rail thin as possible. And I really, wow. and I really, really appreciate the way that they had Christian Bale show that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think my favorite scene has to be when Matt Damon takes over flying the plane. <laughs> and, like, all the Ford execs are freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, just, yeah. I just love that so much. And then Christian Bale's like, I think we know who's flying that plane. <laughs> <laughs> so, the one moment that I had in this film where I 100% connected to somebody was in that scene. And I know that you don't want swearing as much but okay you don't care <laughs> it was when the one exec is sitting there he's going shit 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 i'm trying to cut back on the f-bombs gotcha i do uh, that on roller coasters to the point where i have people looking at me because i'm yelling so loud but i mean i do that <laughs> like whenever i feel like i'm like out of control like i'll just pick a word usually it's a curse word and my brain just gets stuck on repeat and it just goes and I've done that before. Not, 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 not in a plane. I've done it in a car once. I've done it on an, uh, on a, uh, on roller coasters. But I fully connected with his panic at that moment. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I want to ride a roller coaster with you now. Oh, I, uh, I drop, I, I, I dropped probably thirty f bombs at Dorney Park on one of those like hang underneath roller coasters <gasps> Yay. where your legs go free. Um, I dropped probably 30 F-bombs in the course of like 30 seconds, I think, on the first drop to the point where when we pulled back into the station, like we were sitting in front and um, uh-huh. I thought 
I saw people glaring at me and I wasn't entirely sure if they were just glaring at me or if maybe I was self-conscious about how loud I was. And then we got down to like the people who were with us and my quote unquote, like, I guess my, my stepsister technically, Mm -hmm. uh, she looked at me and she was like, so did you enjoy yourself? (laughs) (laughs) They were sitting down away and they could hear me screaming all the way down. Wow. Uh, all right, so we're doing the movie Adventureland, and we're going to record live from every roller coaster at Hershey. No, got no, it. I, no, no, I'm sorry, but I have, I have, I have definitely reached that age. I'm just, I can't do roller coasters anymore. Any roller I get coasters? You, man. I, I'm good with wooden coasters. I can't okay. do metal ones anymore. So we go to Kenobles. And there we go. There. Oh, I love Phoenix, and I love Twister, and those don't make me freak out the way yeah. that the other ones do. So you're still not going to get it out of me. You're still not going to get. It. <laughs> Um, Devin, how about you? What's your favorite scene? Oh man! We... So I loved, I love that scene. I like the the other scene that I brought up in the boardroom. I like that one a lot. I liked a lot, and and I do want to get into the scene a little bit. So sorry about this, but I liked the scene where you saw Ford offer the deal to Ferrari, and then you saw the steps it took to get back to Ferrari to then tell him no. Like, you saw, like, a little bit of the history of that. And I thought that was a really interesting touch. And that, like, you saw this negotiation literally took all day. Like, it started when it was daytime, presumably in the morning, and they were still there eating dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like that sequence, too. Because uh, I, I didn't know any of the history of that. So, yeah. Yeah. I, did, I did have a note about that. Uh, when they get back to Ford, and after Ford's, like, what did they do? What did he say exactly? John Barthol is saying that you're fat and you're yeah. not Henry yeah. Ford. You're um, you're Henry Ford the second. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He calls Ferrari a wop. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> you laughed out loud. When we I did this. <laughs> because it's so like uh, what did I put? Um, I put <laughs> in my notes. I put flawed racism because it's racist. <laughs> Because yeah. that's what a lot of Italians at the time were being called, because yeah. WAP means without papers. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking, oh. okay, one, he's not an immigrant. So technically, <laughs> yes, he is without papers, but also he's not coming to America. He's living in Italy. So you're, I get it. But no. Yeah. Like one, <laughs> stop being racist. Two, if you're going to. Like no, like he—he's just Italian. He's got his papers. He's living in Italy. Like, why are you calling him that? Um, yeah, that made me laugh. Like, I, I just com- I just knowing understand. the context of that, knowing having an Italian family. And... Yeah, yeah. You also mentioned how great casting they did for the Italians, like the drivers and everybody. They looked Italian. Yeah. Like. Yeah. It was dead on. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so so here's my question about that whole scene. So they talk a lot in the movie, especially, like, the people closest to Ford. They're like, we're at war. We're at war. This is war. It, just because they turned down a business deal and then said that he was a son? Like, is that really, like, all that was? Like, was there something way bigger to that that, like, I missed as a viewer or that they didn't show? Or, like, because, like, sure, I understand what insult that was, like, you're not Ford. You're Ford the second. It's oh a, no! It's an but ego like, thing, right? It's, it's a huge ego thing. But in reality, what happened? Um, yeah, was Ford saw uh, the 
early 60s Ferrari racers at Sebring um, in like 1963, 1962. And he wanted that. Ford actually wanted Ferrari to begin with. The whole thing in the boardroom and everything, that was a setup for the film to get the story moving. Um, oh, okay. Wanting Ferrari came from Ford II, not from Idacoca. Not not from him, and I'm screwing up his last name, but people know who I'm talking about, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so Ford sent lawyers, advertising guys, um, a bunch of people over to Italy for like a week. And they sat down with Ferrari and they hammered out the whole Ford Ferrari for production and Ferrari Ford for racing with the exception that Ford would tell Ferrari which races he could and could not race in. That was something that they didn't really get into in the movie. All, yeah. all they, it was, they was a yes or no. Yeah. yeah, they touched yeah. on it. But in reality, even though the whole racing would be completely Ferrari, Ford would tell Ferrari which races he could or could not race in. And he was like, no, I, I'm not having that. Um, and it was the time that was wasted and the money that was wasted having all of those people over in Italy for all of that time when Ferrari was using Ford to begin with to get a deal because um, he didn't want to sell to an American company to begin with. He was using the whole process. He was using Ford to have another Italian automaker buy the company, but still, but still was it leave him in charge because right before this whole thing happened, Ferrari went from just building race cars to building production cars to keep the racing aspect going when sure. when was it it was the reverse for ford 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 wanted the race cars to uh um to sell more of their production cars and so there was that whole thing going um so there was a bit more to it than just name calling but it had to do with egos and wasted money and yeah it just for some reason it just felt like a gross overreaction to like what was really said. But I mean, I get it. Like I get it's like a lot of egos involved and a lot of like money. So yeah. like I in in the movie did portray that. I think I just like I pictured there's I I I pictured like Ferrari ran over Ford's daughter in like one of his cars or something. <laughs> like that's what I pictured the war starting as, not like you are fat and the second and like all right. Um, so not to compare, uh, movies to each other, but, but we did once upon a time in Hollywood last week, mm-hmm. who has better chemistry, DiCaprio and Brad Pitt or Matt Damon and Christian Bale? Oh, that's a good question. I would say they're about, you know what? I think if you made me pick one, Matt Damon. You cut out yeah. there, so Christian Bale, Matt Damon. Oh yeah, I, I think I would definitely say Christian Bale and Matt Damon. Like if I had to pick. Yeah, I think I think I can agree that they're about the same. You yeah. definitely get yeah. more of Christian Bale, Matt Damon together than you do uh, Pitt and DiCaprio together. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I just just as the question I thought I'd throw out there. Okay. So, uh, what so when it comes to when it comes to the uh, when it comes to, to the different races and how they mm-hmm. were showing um, uh, 
and how they were showing them going over to France and and getting everything set up for that. Uh, what did you guys think of the effects? Because I really want to know what you guys think about what was CGI'd and what wasn't, and what was practical and what wasn't. I'm going to assume a lot of the racing was practical. Like, a okay. lot of the driving was practical. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of CG thrown in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like some of the stuff on the track, like when he t- takes Henry forward in the car and scares the shit out of him. <laughs> I uh, like that. I feel like there was actually a car driving that track. Like they, I'm sure they use professional drivers for a lot of this. Yeah. Um, and then like the shots of them in the car is probably CG behind them. So you can get the better shots with the camera. Um, yeah, that's my thoughts. Devin. I mean, I, I think a lot of the explosions and car wrecks were CG'd, but I think that's really the only thing that I like saw that I was like, Oh, that's definitely not real. Like I think I, I figured the rest of it should have been, I'm not should have been, but was probably spot on. Cause like, this is a movie that definitely feels like it cares about its source material and wants to show it as close as it possibly can to like what happened. It's also a movie that cares about... I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. Geography. Yeah. Because I think one of the reasons it won Best Editing, award the, the Oscar for Best Editing, is you can watch a race, and it cuts back and forth between them and the car, the car ra- racing, and then like Matt Damon back in the pit. And you know what's going on, even with all those cuts. It's not like cuts of just the tire going to, for the car to go or mm-hmm. just like lights or whatever. Ridiculously Some of the, amount of shifting. Yeah. It's not, it's not fast and the furious. Yeah. The editing is there for a purpose. You can tell what's going on no matter where you are, where you are. Yeah. In any given scene. And I think that's part of the reason it won for best editing. Yeah. And then even the sound for that, like when the camera shots change, the sound changes too. So like if you're in two different cars, you get a different engine hum each in each one, and it switches flawlessly. Yeah, in every scene. That's one thing I noticed from the. That's one thing I was paying attention to because I knew it won for, for sound. So. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that I found really interesting watching the making of this. They hooked up all of the like the hero cars, all of the main vehicles that they were you know doing those shots to and like going inside and outside. Yeah, they hooked up twelve mics on each of those cars, and they had wow. them do a couple laps and recorded everything. And then and then when they went in to actually do like the sound mixing, because they did do those twelve different mics in twelve different areas of the cars to pick stuff up. So like let's say you uh, so let's say the the camera angle is inside the GT with Bale. You hear the inside engine noise, you hear the gear shifter, you hear the pedals, you hear the wind. What you don't hear are the brakes, you don't hear the shifting, you know it's like the actual gear shifting, even though, uh, even though you can hear like the knob going back and forth. But then when you're outside the car, you don't hear the wind, you hear the brakes, you hear the outside. Like they made sure yeah. that what you heard was what you would have actually heard being in that exact spot, being by the car. And that's something that like, that I kind of picked up on, I think the third time I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're like well, I 20 had, viewings ahead of us. Yeah, so. I know. Well, I had the good fortune to listen to it literally on these headphones. Good. And it's phenomenal in these headphones. Like, oh, that, 
like when the cars will like drive past the camera, do they do like the Doppler effect where like you don't hear it in one ear, but you hear it like come way out in the other, and it's it's like it's so well done. Here, what was your favorite sound aspect of this movie, Devin? Uh, definitely that. <laughs> definitely like if a car passed you in any way, it felt like like. If I didn't know I was watching a movie and closed my eyes and, like, wasn't aware I was wearing headphones, I would have thought a car really passed me. Like, it was so realistic the way they did it. Okay. Alan? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I think I I I just told you. Everything's switching back and forth flawlessly. Mine was, uh, I think it was at the race. I think it was Lamal. Um you know those like rumble strips they put on turns at racetracks yeah. where where it's like the tire tires rumble whenever they go across them. Mm-hmm. There was a scene where they had the camera on the outside and they go across the turn and the tire doesn't touch it, but you can hear the air and like the of the air going over those strips. That was wow. my favorite sound aspect of this movie. Because I watched this with the plain speakers first, and then I uh, and then the one of the times I watched it, I used uh, my headphones, and it almost felt like my ears were popping because of just like the sound on that one scene. Yeah, and it's just the 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 attention to detail that they had in this movie, um, to the fact where they actually every picture they could find of these cars. Of the Ferraris, of the, the GTs, of Lamal, of Daytona, and they were going. There were supposed to be shots of Sebring um, in this, but they mm-hmm. either either they didn't do it or they didn't have the, the time to finish like the one scene that they had. Um, sure, but they had these books, these huge binders, and they had four or five cars, and they just had peel uh, and they had piles and piles of stickers and they would go back and forth to make sure that each car was good before each scene so you didn't have like a screw up with you know like a certain number on a car being wrong like they had mountains and mountains of material to make sure that they were doing everything correctly okay that's cool i have one oh go ahead i have a question about the races okay do the 24 hour 24 hour races still happen oh yes okay oh yeah um actually uh ford put uh ford raced their um the 2016 gt uh 40 like modern version um of uh of the car at Le Mans in 2016 i'm not sure if they're still racing it but they did it to like celebrate the anniversary and they did beat the ferraris in the field (laughs) again that's cool okay so is like the sequel to this going to be tesla versus ford (laughs) <laughs> I hope I so. No idea. I'm not <laughs> sure that's happened yet, but it'd be interesting to see. I mean, Elon Musk. Elon Musk seems uh, crazy enough to do it. Uh, he would. He definitely would. So right. I had a couple thoughts on the race in the end of the movie, uh, and I want to hear if you guys thought the same thing. Um. So at first, during the during the race, they did like the American team did a couple of things that seemed a little cheaty. Like, and seemed a little kind of sly. And I know that, like, like the brakes. They replaced the entire brake system. And, like, nobody else did that. And, like, I understand that that was in the rules. And they could have done it. No one else really had the advantage of that. So they were at a disadvantage already of not knowing they could do that. 
And then when Matt Damon like dropped that like lug nut or the the nut or whatever and like freaked out the other pit crew, <laughs> like it was funny. But I was like, this is a dirty way to win this race. And then the other car died, and I was like, okay, well it doesn't matter anything they did. They still legitimately won anyway. Like the brakes didn't matter. And and like for me, that redeemed a sour part that I was gonna have for the movie. Okay, well that I. The whole thing about stealing the stopwatches and throwing the lug nut, yeah. I think that was thrown in for comic relief. I really don't think something okay. like that actually happened, I think. Um, but gonna... at the same time, like throwing the, nug- uh, throwing the lug nut is just funny because, oh, I yeah. mean, you know, like, it's like there's no real big thing to that. Um, the it's not affecting watches, the car. It's yeah. just messing with the people in the pit. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, like to me, there's that but. But the whole thing about changing the brake assembly, um, yeah, uh, that is something I think that they threw that in there just to throw some more drama in, uh, oh. in, uh, in, in there because I mean, a, just like they said, a part's a part, and and yeah. if you have to change the brakes, you have to change the brakes. If you have to change a hose on the engine, you have to change the hose on the engine. You're not you know, taking, you're not, you know, putting a better part on, you're just putting a replacement part on. Yeah. And, and they've always done things like that. So I really think that was uh, just thrown into the movie as kind of like a more like to make things seem a little bit more, um, dramatized. So the, so speaking of that race, then the most emotionally invested I got in this movie was when they told him to basically throw the race this guy has this big, like, this big moment where he, like, does the best, like, does a perfect lap of this, sets a record, and then just goes, you know what? I'm going to do what they want. And and he does. And it's this really cool moment. And then he doesn't even win. Like, he technically lost because some guy like, came from, oh, I was, that part I actually got mad about. And not, like, because of the movie, but, like, because that one little lackey, like, Mr. Food Oh yeah, Maybe. I I'm still pissed about this. Like, huh? I'm yeah. glad I don't drive a Ford anymore. Like, I'll probably never drive a Ford because <laughs> of that. So that's some bullshit. It is. Yeah. It is. Now, the whole thing about like reality versus what happened in the movie. Yes, supposedly Henry Ford the second wanted when they saw that old old you know three Fords were going to finish. He wanted that photo opportunity. Now in movie. They drive across real slow in a line uh, uh, across the finish line. In reality, yeah. uh, the black car, the black GT, actually finished the race a full car length ahead of uh, of of Bale's uh, car. Um, oh wow! But and and then and then the gold car was behind them. So they were kind of driving in like a reverse triangle uh, formation. But, but, but being Lamal and being how like long they race, that was still considered a dead heat, even though they weren't like nose and nose, they were like car length and car length. But because Bill or Bob, whatever his name was finished, started the race two car lengths behind Ken Miles, he was considered the winner wow. because it was considered a dead heat. Now, whether now whether 
whether or not BB was the one that actually like came down and told them to do to do all this, I'm not entirely sure. But from what I do know from other like car stuff that I've watched, um, he he, he was a jerk. Like he was the oh, yeah. epitome of late '60s, early '70s, like dog eat dog business guy. I had to look up who played him because I was like, he looks familiar, and I couldn't place it. It's Josh Lucas, who was like the love interest in Sweet Home Alabama with yeah. Reese, Reese Witherspoon. Oh wow! And that's about the only thing I know him from, <laughs> and I've never even seen that movie. Um, but yeah, I just. He did such a great job as the villain of this. Yeah. That I never want to see his face again. Yeah, no, he he does an excellent job in this. Um, so just a few touches on the yeah. A few touches on this. Uh Shelby during the race uh-huh. at the beginning in nineteen fifty nine when he won Lamal, um, he actually had a nitro pill on under his tongue uh, uh, throughout the whole race when he was in the car because he knew that he had a possible heart defect before he went in because his dad died when he was 45 um, of a heart condition. And he knew that he had the same issue. So he thought that he was going to die during that race. So that was his last race. Um, Wow. uh, So there's that. Um, uh, Ford and Ferrari... Um, had a run-in during during uh, during World War II because uh, Enzo Ferrari, prior to him starting his own car company, the factory that he was going to make cars out of, he made metal grinders for the Italian and German army. Um, and there's a possibility that a Ford bomber hit his factory because his factory was bombed. So there's a possibility that Ford bombed his factories prior <laughs> to all this happening. So technically <laughs> Ford started the war to begin with between the two of them. Um, <laughs> that and like I said before, what happened with Ford winning Lamal and then winning it like four years in a row ended Ferrari's dominance. After that, like Ford was the first company to like, hey, we can do this right off the bat. Let's just throw a ton of money at this and we can become competitive. And then other car companies started to do it. And now that's how it is. You've got you've got the GT and the GT experimental class. And those were the two classes that these cars drove in. And that this pretty much like this like this uh, uh, this rivalry started modern GT racing. So what you see today is because of what happened in 1966 and 1965 and 1964. Okay. They went to Laval wow. twice before the events in this movie, not once. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right, Devin, any final thoughts from you? I think my only final thought is the whole time I kind of got this sense of like, I was watching the bad guys. Like, I, I think it's just because Ford was a much bigger company and was like, you know, financially solvent and Ferrari was like, you know, the scrappy little company that was doing super well, but was broke. I was like, oh, it's like, I'm watching like Disney and rooting for Disney, like while they're taking over this like smaller cable channel or something like that. And like, sometimes that bothered me, but I liked the characters we saw enough. And I liked that they demonized that part of Ford enough that I thought it was cool. It's funny that this is one of the last films to be released by 20th Century Fox when you look at it through that lens. <laughs> oh, that is so weird. I didn't even realize that. 
Do you want to know something though? In 1964, uh, Enzo Ferrari fired his entire top management team because they didn't like his wife. Ew, what? (laughs) There were a lot of American drivers that went to race for Ferrari and left. They walked away, even though they always won, because they couldn't take the internal politics. They might be good cars, and he has a great legacy, but working for Enzo Ferrari was a nightmare. Because he was wow. the biggest egotistical bastard on the planet. I mean, he was making metal grinders for the German and Italian armies. Well, he, he, he was Italian. I mean, that's who he was. Yeah, but still, he wasn't German. Still. <laughs> the I, axis of evil. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Um, Italy was a pug, though, compared to... <laughs> Alright, so I've got one final thought. Uh, one of my favorite visuals... Mm-hmm. Of this whole film is when Christian Bale is listening to the race in the hangar. Yeah. And the plane goes across the airfield and just casts this shadow behind him while he's yes. listening. I was like, oh my God, that it was my favorite shot of the whole film. Yeah. Uh, I, just want, so I just cool. wanted to throw that out there. Um, real quick before we wrap this up. So this movie is directed by James Mangold. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have heard the news about James Mangold. He may be taking over a major franchise. And I wanted to get your takes on it. Based on this film and his previous films, like Logan in The Wolverine, how do you feel about James Mangold taking over the Indiana Jones franchise? Absolutely for it. 100%. I like him as a director a lot. If if that's the kind of stuff he does, more please. I, I mean, for somebody who can take a, like, a car person's movie and make it to the point that anybody could watch it and enjoy it. Like Devin, I think I can't wait for it. Okay. And that's not an insult, Devin. I mean, I know that no, you're not a no, car no. guy, but this movie definitely, I think got you. Cause I wasn't expecting you to like it this much, to be honest. Oh yeah. He's no, got... I, I expected me to like it. Good. He's got such <laughs> a diverse filmography. So it's the, it's the Logan Wolverine stuff. He also did, Night and Day with Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz. 310 to Yuma with Christian Bale and Russell Crowe. Walk the Line, which is the uh, Johnny Cash uh, Mm -hmm. biopic. And then one that I'm going to make you guys watch that I keep talking about, Kate and Leopold. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to watch this. Um, That's why that's the name of the show. Um, So yeah, that's all I've got. I definitely enjoyed Ford versus Ferrari there. I said it. Are you happy? I am happy. Okay. <laughs> oh, we came full circle, guys. Yes, we, we did. did it. Uh, I don't know what we're doing next week. We should figure that out. We should. Not on the show. Yeah. We'll talk after. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think that does it for this week. Uh, make sure to rate and leave a review. Yeah, leave a review. Wherever you listen to us, uh, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. So wherever you're listening, uh, go ahead and leave us a rate and review. Uh, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook. Uh, you can email us at you, you have to watch this podcast at gmail.com. If anybody emails us, I'll be very surprised. We've, <laughs> we've had that email for four years and I only get receipts in it. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, that, I think that does it for this week. So until next time, uh, for you have to watch this podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And we'll see you next week. If this were a beauty pageant, we just lost. Looks aren't everything.